Broadcasting from the ESPN Tallahassee Studios in Florida's capital city and in partnership with the JoeBucksFan.com podcasting network, this is the Scuttlebucks on 97.9 ESPN Radio. The Scuttlebucks with Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang is presented by Bill Curry Ford, Tampa's hometown Ford dealer for nearly 60 years and home of the nationwide lifetime warranty for new and pre-owned vehicles. BillCurryFord.com. Here's ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. It's a good way to start the show when it's an ass-kicking of epic proportions and it left you little time to wring hands or worry about much of anything save for playing time and I guess a numbers watch if you were still involved in a fantasy playoff of sorts. Mike Evans may have helped you out. I don't know. Tom Brady, if you were starting him, maybe you were a little disappointed that second half where they sat him and he could have had 600 yards passing, but uh, welcome in. It's nice to chuckle after an easy, easy win. Reminds me of last year's win where Jameis is out there breaking records against Detroit. Detroit just does not like to see uh, Pewter roll into town uh, all that often because it is, um, it's butt-kicking time uh, when they see the Bucks. And uh, this one was a laugher, but Tom, I will say they are doing things now, and it's about process to me. Hasn't always been successful. See the Minnesota game. But coming out of the bye, they have woken up to something that you and I have been beating on the damn table about all year long. It's so readily apparent that when they throw off a play action and utilize their weapons this way, we are a different football team and one that is very difficult to stop. The other thing I'd note, and you brought this up earlier in the year, I piggybacked off of that talking point later on in the year because it just didn't seem like it was getting through to them. But you got to give your quarterback, like all the best teams do, the opportunity to throw the ball on first down. And we were nearly last in the league throwing the ball on first down. We were third to last in terms of offensive efficiency on first down. We were running the ball an alarming rate on first down. It was very predictable, as you noted. Uh, right into the butt cheeks of a guard, gain yes, of one. Yes. Um, and so our EPA numbers and all these numbers where you talk about expected outcomes of success and points and everything else, we're down bottom of the barrel on first down. And now we have rocketed back up over these last several games because, A, they're throwing on first down. League average right in the middle right now, but it's trending upwards towards the top of the league where Seattle currently resides, rightfully so. Um, and, and you know, you, you look at this and you say, all right, let Tom Brady be who he is. Let him throw on first down and let him throw off a play action. Well, look at this. Imagine that. We are letting him throw on first down. We are letting him throw off a play action. And the Bucks are moving the ball with relative ease. Yeah, a few notes. Number one, that is a sweep of the old NFC Central. Good job, Bucks. I always enjoy that mm-hmm. as a fan who grew up in the 90s. I love that division, and I'm glad we swept all three of those teams. Um, it's always been about, and, and if you're new to the Scuttle Bucks, and this is the first time you'll hear it, if not, it's the 10th. It's always been about a, a race against the clock. When you go get Antonio Brown and you change the way the offense is going to distribute the football, how it's going to look, the formations, it, you are setting yourself back with the hope that by the time you get to the playoffs, you are an even better, more lethal offense. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's 
truly the case because it's hard to know exactly how invested Detroit was. I can guess, judging by the first half performance, just how invested Detroit was. Look at their pass rush, the non-existent nature of that pass rush. Brady had all day. A lot of those throws down the field are four and five seconds after the snap. Guys are going to come wide open in those situations. But still, do what you're supposed to do. Beat the crap out of bad teams. That's what Tampa's doing. We'll see if it continues this weekend. Well, okay, so on the one hand, if you're going to use, uh, you know, football outsider rankings, DVOA, and those kinds of things, you can look at it several different ways when we're talking about the Bucks as we get set to go into the playoffs. On the one hand, the teams they were facing were awful uh, in terms of pass defense and defense in general. So the numbers should have spiked for the Bucks, and that's right. But in terms of efficiency, the Bucks have been the most efficient team, uh, of really, over the last four weeks of anybody. So... This is what we said should happen against lesser teams, and they are doing what we needed them to do. They're also changing the way they go about doing it, most importantly. That's correct. That's correct. And that's where the first down point is alert, because if you're a defense, uh, defensive coordinator or you're a fan of a team that's on the field defending the Buccaneers' offense, you're doing, uh, you're doing them a favor. The Bucs are doing the opponent a favor by running on first down. What scares you more? Oh, sure. Put simply. Our if weapons at receiver and right. tied in with Brady throwing. Correct. If you're putting together a game plan and it's first down, what would you rather see? Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette up the middle or Brady in a situation to throw to those weapons? Correct. Yeah, you want to see the run. Well, so if the Bucs are actually alert and their game planning gets better because mm. this has been another talking point, Whoever has been doing it sucks at their job. Maybe, just maybe, that person has been told to stand down entering these final two weeks. Yeah, and to me, this wouldn't be about having an elite-level acumen for football on that staff. These guys were all football lifers. This is, like, the average fan could look at what the Bucks were doing and say, rightfully, what are you doing? I mean, <laughs> why are you not utilizing the very weapon you brought in? Why are you not taking advantage of your strengths? which is certainly throwing off a play action with the best to ever do it to a plethora of weapons. This is what you brought him in to do. So it was rather shocking. I have one disappointing note here. And, you know, we've broadcast together for a very long time now, so I don't like to do this because it's a golden rule. We don't do it to one another. We did lose to the Bears, Tom. They were in the old NFC Central. We did lose to the Bears. Sorry to report that. Oh, my goodness. I just didn't want us to get too far down the road and not mention it because somebody would have yelled at their podcast and I can't have that. You know what's funny is, is... You forgot that loss, and I understand why. Well, no, I only thought there were three games, but yes, of course, you're playing in the entire other division, yeah. so there's the fourth. Yeah, they did lose to the Bears. Oh, yes. God, that in, was awful. In upsetting fashion, they lost to the Bears, if you recall. Yes, the end of the first half. Yes. I, I know yeah, all about that's that. That's right. All right, so not to single the that out. The two-minute drill extended. Yeah, yeah, Just wanted to correct, yeah, wanted to correct yeah, that no, real quick. you're right. But I do want to say this on a much more positive note. In the last two games, not the last three games, although the last three games we've seen this uptick. In the last two games, the Bucks are throwing on first down 62% of the time. 68 leads the league. Right. Okay. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. This is, this is how you're going to win in the playoffs. This is how you're going to win in the playoffs. You throw to set up the run. Yeah, the interesting thing about the way this game played out and how they used Leonard Fournette, I'm, I'm on record saying that I'm a much bigger believer in what Rojo brings to the table, but we know he doesn't really have hands when it they comes to catching catch the, the football. Ball, but this is where Fournette's going to pay They dividends. got in a rhythm now. They uh, got in a rhythm. He caught the ball finally. Yes. So he went back to what he could do, which is catch the ball. I don't know why he had drops here because he's always caught the ball to the backfield. Well, and Bruce also said he liked him in pass pro as well this time. So there's just there are a couple of signs pointing to that mm. Fournette's usage I think is going to go up. You're just going to have to make a choice there. Well, one of the things that I think we learned is that basically 
Arians was mad at Fournette earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Let it be known. Fournette was mad that he wasn't getting enough playing time in his mind. So well, I've played. never seen somebody turn down more wide-open running lanes than Leonard Fournette. My well, God. Leonard is clearly, though, I think he's awoken to the fact that he's playing for a contract. If not with us, somebody. So he's playing for a contract, and I think he probably realized at some point, okay, well, now here's my shot. Ronald's out. Coach has called me out. We're going to throw the ball to me where I can excel. If I do anything better, run harder, block better, I'm going to get that opportunity to get the contract that I want down the line. Uh, bottom line is the Bucks offense has incorporated several things that seemed obvious at one point, were not obvious to them for whatever reason, and have now been brought into the fold. One of them is the quick game. We haven't talked about that either. When, when teams pressure Brady, when teams decide to, to show pressure, have you noticed the trend towards getting the ball out of his hands? It, the quick game has changed everything. Yeah, that's where 28 gets involved. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, and, and that was the thing about I couldn't believe that the Patriot principles were not brought in you know, more by and large than, than they were, and that's where Peyton Manning got pissed off and Romo and all these guys were like, I, I don't understand. They're going through – they're trying to change Brady mm-hmm. rather than adapt to Brady. And that was the thing. If you blitzed him, you were dead uh, in New England because he knew that he had outlets to the left and to the right, and he knew how to hit them in stride. But the principles of the Bruce Arians offense is you're going to trade punishment for downfield shots. That is the basis of that offense. That's why Jameis got hit a bunch. It's why every quarterback that he's ever had in their first year struggles because they've got to make reads after the snap, and they also have to hold the ball really, really long because he doesn't leave six or seven in to protect. They're also doing more of that this year. Yes, what you're seeing by the time the playoffs are rolling around is a hybrid of the two concepts, but it was always a race against time. This is a good indicator this past weekend. It's about as good as you can get against a team that might not have been there to play and win the game. It's got to continue, but yes, what you talked about last week was, I don't care if it's against air. you got to feel confident you got to feel better about what you do. do that. Well, and I, the second half of the Atlanta game did that. They really woke – there had to have been a come to Jesus. It's 17 to nothing. There had to have been a come to Jesus moment. My guess is Brady said, look here, man. <laughs> this is, this is going to stop. Because if you go back, and it's documented now, several outlets had it, Credit to all those that cover the Bucks. I read everything. So do you. We all have to. Peter Report had it. Joe Bucks fans had it. A lot of people have had it. When you go back and you read, you'll see that the play action pass on first down, whether we had backs in the back, I mean, they were running yeah. play action in that second half, and they have launched into it. And they really did it against Minnesota, too, and they didn't have a lot of success, but I think they were dedicated to it. And they were 3 of 12 in those circumstances, which is not a good percentage at all. In fact, it was worse than when they didn't run play action, but it showed that they were efforting to do it. Now, when you, when you see a trend to the point where they're in the 60 percentile, you know now that's what they're concentrating on doing, and it's highly successful. Well, and that second half avalanche against the Falcons looks more impressive now. A week later, yes, doesn't it, given yes. what they did when they went out to Arrowhead and how much they held Kansas City down for the better part of the game. Probably should have won the game, certainly sent it to overtime. A very reliable kicker misses from short. Well, and that's an interesting situation, too, because you're you're going on the road to Arrowhead in late December. You had nothing to play it's for. It's butt cold out there. Nothing You've to got play nothing for. to play for. And the yet they're still in, yeah, Right, right. So I, that second I, half does feel a little bit more impressive as the context clues present themselves. Yeah, I think it does. I, I, I've said all along that these were all winnable, imminently winnable games that the Bucks would probably you know, find uh, more often than not wins. But how they played, what the process looked like, whether or not you believed going into the postseason they were going to feel good about themselves, brimming with confidence or not, I think so. The answer is yes right now. I'm assuming they're going to play well against Atlanta this week. We'll see.
It'd be nice if uh, I actually think it'd be nice if Atlanta played hard again this week. I'd prefer it. It's just a weird situation now at running back. You know, this is when when Antonio was signed. It's like, all right, there's only one football, guys. How are you going to distribute the football, and how's everybody going to be kept mm-hmm. happy? And what formations are necessary to make sure that you know at least two are on the field at all times? But what about all three? Now that Rojo is going to get healthy, and they don't know if he's available. We're recording this on Tuesday, so we don't know if he's going to be available for Sunday. When he comes back, there really that offense spread out wide out of the gun using play-action principles and then a quick game with Fournette. How do you get Rojo back involved? I don't know that I'd worry about it. I'd find a way to get He's him involved. He's a far better running back. He, he is when you're running traditionally, but I don't know that that's what we're going to do. I don't think we're going to line up in the eye and run traditionally. So, I mean... It just did get into a pretty good rhythm with Fournette. It did? It <laughs> Listen, I, I don't care who's responsible for the uptick in offensive efficiency. I just care that it continues. So well, I'm not worried about anybody's feelings here. And, neither am I. Yeah. I'm just saying he's also a weapon, so how do you make all this work? Well, the problem is he can't catch, and you pointed that out earlier. And, sure. and this works when the running back can catch the ball out of the backfield and you check down because he has to check down a lot, especially against pressure looks. And if you're not going to catch, I, I can't play you. We've not been averse to looking in between, though, and that's where I get a little nervous. I'm like, uh, oh, me, me too. Rocking a hard place here. We'll talk to Lita Kemper momentarily. A family-owned and operated dealership truly matters when you're buying a truck or a car, and that's what you get at Bill Curry Ford, Tampa's first family of Ford on Dale Mabry Highway. They are much more than just amazing prices and a, nas- a nationwide excuse me, lifetime warranty on new and used vehicles. GM Sean Sullivan. Ready to go to work for you. And uh, by the way, Scuttlebucks listeners, you, uh, you'll you find that personal touch you're looking for. You also get a discount. Uh, so if you didn't go by and see them in the showroom, uh, go by and check them out on the web, BillCurryFord.com. BillCurryFord.com. You can get Sean Sullivan's email there. Ask him anything you want about buying or leasing a Ford truck or an SUV, SUV and he'll get back to you. Sean knew we lost to the Bears. Yeah, he did. He remembered. It's okay. It's okay. We all I make mistakes every week. It's not that big a deal. I just... I didn't because I wanted to celebrate that fact, yeah. and then all of a sudden in my head I went, uh, "We, we." I we literally didn't. only thought of the three wins. It's amazing how <laughs> you know fans can do that. Denial. Just flush out this other uh, stuff. I have a dear friend that's an Iowa fan, and he was one day we were in an argument about Kirk Ferentz, good or bad coach, and his argument was it's about as good as Iowa can get. And I said that's true, but you did have that three and nine season. He's like, we never went three and nine. We're like, we well, went three and nine a few years ago. He goes, no, we didn't. I go, yeah, you you did. You went three and nine. He goes, we did not go three and nine. I go, you're an Iowa fan. Sir, you went three and nine. I know it. And he goes, Well, well, pull it up. And he goes, Son of a bitch, we went three and nine. Went, yes, you did. You had blocked it out of your mind. The Bears game was so damaging in your mind. It was akin to an entire Iowa season he forgot about. Well, it it was <laughs> the way that second half oh, or first half closed, that was complete bull. Everything was awful. The answer to Kirk Ferentz is yes. Correct. Is he a good or bad coach? Yes. 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 That is always the answer. You're correct. BillCurryFord.com. More of the Scuttlebucks momentarily. Hang in. Shopping for a used F-150, a car, or an SUV? Find Tampa's biggest and best used inventory at Bill Curry Ford, one mile north of Raymond James Stadium. Shop now at BillCurryFord.com and see the nationwide lifetime warranty on pre-owned vehicles. Now, here's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang.
And away we go with our weekly conversation with Lita Kemper, JoeBucksFan.com, the website. I am uh, always excited to talk to Lee. It's especially fun to talk to Lee as we get to this time of year with the Bucks now in the playoffs, coming off of a rocking chair win over Detroit. We talked about the fact in segment first segment that uh, it's not it's not that you beat Detroit badly. It's not that you took care of business in a game where. You were supposed to win, and you did. It's it's really what we've seen post by from the Bucks on offense that has us excited, and we welcome in Lee now. We'll talk about some of that and some of the other aspects of this team as they get set to head into the playoffs. Lee, how are you, brother? Jeff, can't, how can I complain? Playoff Buccaneers, that's uh, a rarity in these parts. It's a very rare thing to talk about, and we can celebrate it together because we've been doing this show now with you for a couple of years, and it's a lot of fun to do, and... Uh, we, we've, we've wanted this moment, right? We've wanted this opportunity to talk about the playoffs, but we want more than that, too. And, and I actually think the Bucks, when you look at the NFC, you think about what these teams are or are not, you kind of feel like it's about matchups. You kind of feel like the Bucks on their best day certainly can beat any one of these teams. It's, it's interesting. Everybody has a bugaboo. Everybody's got a matchup that's a bit of a problem for them. But but I like the Bucks, especially if they're going to throw the ball on first down at the rate they are these days. They finally listen to Tom and I. have been beating the drum for months on end. <laughs> throw off a of play action. Throw on first down. Utilize your strengths. It's looking like they've woken up to this, Lee. I'm I'm, I'm celebrating this fact. Yeah, it's very encouraging. And you know, I heard your gracious introduction, and thank you. But you made an excellent point in your introduction. It's like you know, it's exciting to see what the Bucks are doing offensively. And I'll add to it, it's exciting to see this at the time it's happening. You mentioned post-buy, but I'll be more specific. End of December, as we're approaching, you know, the next game will be in January. That's when you want to be clicking. That's when you want to, you know, peak is in January, the playoffs. And, and I'll give you an analogy. Who scares you more right now in the AFC? The Buffalo Bills are the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, no, Buffalo I get it. Buffalo is looking sharp as can be, yeah. and that's when you want to really be peaking is the end of December into January, and uh, that's when the Bucks right now are peaking as we speak right now, end of December into January, and that's what has me as, as, as excited as seeing what the offense is doing is the timing that is happening. Well, and you've got a guy at the helm. And I know that uh, Rondé Barber brought this up, but I, 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 it's true. When you go into – or Tiki Barber. When you go into the playoffs and you have an opportunity to be led by Tom Brady, who has had all of those moments, pressure-packed as they've been, where they've been down and had to come back, and they've, they've had moments where they didn't play well, but somehow the Patriots all those years found a way to win, and largely due to Tom Brady's brilliance – also coupled with Gronk, who's been through that with him before. And you marry that with the experience and the youthful enthusiasm that the Bucks have between Mike Evans and Godwin and others. You, you really realize the Bucks are as primed as anybody to make a run in this postseason. They may not because they're a flawed team and they have weaknesses that can be taken advantage of by the other side, no matter who that is when they match up. But you really feel good about the direction they're headed because of that experience and that things finally got clicking late. 
it's not lost on me that it's gotten clicking late on offense against bad teams, but it's more about the process than anything else. They're throwing on first down. They're throwing on play action uh, much more, and, and they've gone from 18% to 28% for the game, which is league average in play action. I think they figured out, let's just play to Tom's strengths here and stop trying to experiment. Exactly. It sure smells like that, and it's very smart. As you said, you've been, you've been uh, suggesting that for some time. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Bucks have a, a dangerous offense. Just look at the weapons Brady has to work with. And to your point about, uh, you know, with Brady at the helm, number one, uh, Will Goldson, you know, he, he's one of the two Shiano men left on the roster, him and Levante David. And Goldson talked about how much leadership the new guys that Light added to the roster via free agency, guys with playoff experience, Super Bowl experience, and how much they help. Now, I know Golston and Sue became close almost from day one. You could see watching practice how Golston was always next to Sue, how Sue was talking. You could see the, the body language, the motions, the hand motions, the arm motions. Sue was basically like an, an assistant coach for Golston. He was teaching him all kinds of nuances, all kinds of tips. So when Golston talked about leadership, I know he was talking about Sue, but there's no doubt about it. He was also talking about Brady. And, 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 Jeff, I'll make this point, and I don't think this is going to happen. And I was talking with Ira Kaufman uh, by phone, not on a podcast about this as well, and Ira's one of the MVP voters. I think you can make an argument for Tom Brady as MVP. Now, I don't expect him to win it. I expect it to be Rodgers, if not Mahomes. You could argue Derrick Henry, which is where Ira comes from. You could argue Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen would be a valuable uh, MVP, a quality MVP uh, choice. You can make an argument, I think, for Brady uh, for a couple of reasons. One, of course, at 43, I think we lose sight at 43, he's having a dominant season. He, it would have surprised you at the end of Sunday if he has 40 touchdowns. He's currently looking at 36 right now. I, don't, I wouldn't be shocked if he threw four touchdown passes Sunday. It wouldn't shock me. And he's currently fourth in the league in touchdown passes. He's currently fourth in the league in yards thrown, again, at 43. And look what he's done. He's come to a team that, for the last 13 years, couldn't find, couldn't get out of its own way. Lose, 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 lose. All of a sudden, boom, they've got 10 wins, maybe 11 wins. And the team he left is experiencing its first losing season this century. I, you can make an argument Brady's an MVP candidate. I really believe that. And Ivor didn't disagree with me, although he didn't think Brady's going to win. I think you can make the argument Brady is the difference in the Bucks being yet another losing team and the Bucks being a contender. Well, I, I certainly can't argue that he's made a dramatic difference, and he's had a very good season. And so when you say contender, uh, an MVP contender, yeah, I, I think he would be in the mix of people you would nominate. I don't think he's going to win, and I would, write, I believe, in my opinion, rightfully pick two or three guys ahead of him. But I, I understand why he'd be in the conversation. I don't disagree with that. I also, did, I also think the Bucks finally did some things that we wanted to see, which if you're going to bring Brady in, you've got to do these things. But, you know, they finally drafted an offensive lineman worth a damn. And it really, oh, yeah. it really helped. Uh, Werfs has come in and, you know, really shored up that offensive line. He's been, he's been way better than we thought a rookie would be. Let's just say it. And then mm-hmm. I've, got to, I've got to admit a mistake from earlier in the year, and I, and I have before, but I'll do it again for those that didn't hear it. 
you know, I thought Gronk looked like he was running in quicksand through the first three weeks of the season. And when I saw that version of Gronk, I thought, oh, great. We got the washed up version of Gronk. We got the guy that's been out of football and his feet are gone. But somewhere in there, not only did he gain all the size back that he needed to to be an effective blocker, because he certainly has done that, but he found his speed again. He found uh, the rhythm with Tom Brady, and he found his way to being that elite player. Look at Gronk's numbers. He hasn't just been a nice addition. He has been a massive addition to what they do. He's a matchup problem. He's a nightmare for teams again. That's what he was all those years in Green, uh, New England when he was healthy. So, you know, you look at those additions, and then you factor in, again, it's been good that the version of Antonio Brown that arrived in Tampa Bay was one that desperately needed money and knew to shut the hell up and go play football because that's what he's done, and he's getting better yeah. each week. So there seems to be real rhythm for this offense with all kinds of added weapons, and, of course, we know about the expertise and the experience of Tom Brady. They are primed, I think, to look really good in the postseason, and this is what the grand experiment was all about kind of are we running Arians offense are we running Brady's offense are we want a hybrid of the two can they decide on what they are are they trying to identify as a team that wants to run first well they're getting too predictable they better go back to the play action and throw the ball to set up the run all of this has been a work in progress and we were all wringing our hands because there were moments that they looked brilliant and moments that they looked terrible Right now they look good. They look primed. They look ready. I know the excitement on your boards on JoeBucksFan.com has to be through the roof. Oh, yeah. People are – I think people are counting the buses. They, they almost don't believe what they're seeing. You know, first, they, it's still people kind of uh, kind of numb that Tom Brady is the Bucks quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> still, after all these months. Sure. And then they see the offense just go crazy. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you've noticed this or not. You probably have because you guys are – as up-to-date and informed as anyone. Uh, Brady has had four quarters. The second half of the first Atlanta game, the first half of the Detroit game, that's the most productive four quarters, consecutive four quarters, any quarterback has had in 40 years, which is ridiculous. If you look at all the quarterbacks who've played in the past sure, 40 sure. years, and the offenses, that's, that's just ridiculous. That's just crazy. So uh, I can understand why people don't believe what they're seeing because a lot of people have not seen what they're seeing before. Uh, I had a good one the other day. A guy called me up. Uh, actually, it was Sean Sullivan, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the general manager of uh, Bill Curry Ford, 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 the first family of Ford of Tampa. And he said his son, who's never seen a Bucks playoff game, is just over the moon, over the top. He, he, he just can't believe it. And... Uh, how sad is that the kids that are 10, 12, 15 years old yeah. have no concept of the Bucks in a playoff game, or, or winning a playoff game, I should say. And some don't have any concept of a Bucks in a playoff game. How sad and yet how, how nice is it that uh, they're finally seeing this, what, what's transpiring. No, it's exciting. And as somebody who grew up as a Bucks fan down there, and uh, as somebody who took both of my kids at different times this year to Bucks games for their first ever NFL games, I'm so excited for them to be able to watch a winning product, to see a Hall of Fame quarterback, arguably the greatest to ever play the position, and to see a team that goes into the postseason. Uh, my kids don't know of the years of suffering. They don't know what it was like when the Bucks were the laughing stock of football for the better part of 30 years. They don't know what it was like. Like, uh, you know, back when John Gruden led this team to a Super Bowl victory, they don't remember that at all. Of course, they weren't alive. So 
this is their first real taste of Buccaneers football is, is last year and this year. And uh, they can combine those to say, hey, I've seen the team make the playoffs. I've seen them win games. I've seen them uh, be a team that nationally is spoken of uh, on a weekly basis. You know, that's another thing, Lee, is that this year has provided us, and we knew that part of signing Tom Brady was a PR boon. It's a shame that the Bucks, as an organization didn't get the full benefit of having the fans to go along with the merchandise sales that mm-hmm. they would have had in a normal non-COVID year. But they have reaped huge benefits not only on the field but off the field because I think they've changed the way that this organization is viewed. And that'll last after Tom Brady leaves. Oh, very much so. You, you're absolutely right. It has changed both locally and nationally how people view the Bucks, and, and I could argue it's not changed enough yet. You know, for example, and I understand why people, I, I was like this, and I could understand why others were like you heard this griping about the Bucks, like, oh, you know, they're they're just doing this against the Lions. They're doing they're just doing this against the four win Falcons. Oh, well, where's the same whining about the Super Bowl champion Chiefs escaping by the skin of their teeth and upset loss at home to the Falcons? Where 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 is this about the Rams losing to the Jets? The Jets. Uh, you don't hear such whining. But with the Bucs, it's like, oh, this is terrible. They're winning games, but look who they're playing. Uh, that's going to change, especially if the Bucs win a playoff game or two. That's going to change. And and it's changing for fans with, you know, yes, they're watching a winner for a change. We're watching a playoff team for a change. But the image nationally will start changing with a playoff win or two. And I just always thought that was interesting. Yes, the Chiefs have street cred. They won a Super Bowl. Yes, the Rams have street cred. They've been to a Super Bowl. The Bucks still have a little bit more image building to do, but I understand your point and totally agree. Brother, it's been a pleasure. We'll do it again soon. You be well, and oh. uh, everybody check out JoeBucksFan.com, of course, and uh, we'll talk again real soon, brother. Cool, man, and Happy New Year, Tom and Jeff. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too, brother. Be good. That's Lita Kemper, JoeBucksFan.com. By the way, uh, really quick, I, I saw this. They're the first team to ever do this, and it would get ignored, and rightfully so. I understand why. The Chiefs, I believe, have won seven straight games, Tom. This one by three. Last week against the Saints by three. Against the Dolphins by six. Against the Broncos by five. Against the uh, Bucks by three. And against the Raiders by four. And against the Panthers by two. Their last blowout win was back on November the 1st when they defeated the Jets 35-9. to Ever since then, they haven't beaten anybody by more than a touchdown. That's weird. And yet, like, I know it, but then you have to list it out for me to really understand So it. think about this, Tom. Post-Jets, 35-9, to their scores have been against the Panthers. Yeah. 33-31. Mm-hmm. 35-31 Raiders. 27-24 Bucks Chiefs. Uh, 22-16 Now, those are all wins. They won every one of those games. Right. But, man, if I'm a Chiefs fan and I'm thinking about a repeat, I don't know what to think of my team right now. They don't look great. No, you're talking about killer instinct at that point because they had a good first half against the Bucs and somehow, some way, that's a close game in the second half. Um, Carolina scores late to make it interesting. Then they have the ball with under 90 seconds to go and down four. Uh, They had to score basically at the end of the game to beat the Raiders on the road. Yeah, where is that extra gear? They're probably looking down at a market like Tampa saying, look, 
They're figuring it out. They're figuring out how to beat bad teams and beat them the way you're supposed to. Well, and that's the biggest part as we wrap up this segment is that, yeah, the Bucks are winning games against teams they're favored to beat. They should do that, and you don't get that much praise for doing that. But it is the NFL, and as we see every week, somebody beats somebody that ought not to. And, you know, you could be a team that was 11-0 and and lose three straight. You can lose. Yeah, the Jets should be on a three-game winning streak. That's correct, if not for a Hail Mary, right? Yeah, so you have a lot of weird things. But to me, when I go back, I look at the Chiefs beating the Chargers 23-20 to in overtime. I mean, I can do this a lot, Tom. We can go through this schedule. It's it's not impressive how many times they they lost at home to the Raiders. They gave up 40 points doing it. Their best win of the year, I think we can say right now, their best win of the year is a 26-17 to win on the road against the Bills. That's a good win. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a really good win in retrospect. That's a, a very good win. They may have to do it again. They and won't be on the road. These playoffs are going to be so chaotic. As an NFL <laughs> fan, I can't wait. The extra team getting in, yeah. you're going to have triple headers and wild card weekend that Saturday and Sunday. The Bucks are going to be in the middle of it. And we really didn't even acknowledge it in the opening segment that the Bucks are in the playoffs for the first yeah, time since yeah. I was in college. I should apologize for that. I just got so, you know, I'm well, looking at but, some of these numbers, and we just assumed as much when you signed Brady. That's not the goal. That's right. not. The, the goal is higher than that. It's just a step along the way. But, yes, to acknowledge it, I mean, their last playoff win, I was a sophomore in high school. I'm 34 yeah, I, well, and I'm 49, um, and I went through the really bad in my youth, save for the magical 79 season. You know, I went through that little run there where they like there was a hiccup for about two to three years where they were good, and then my God, Tom, until Gruden or until well, I'll give yeah, Dungey credit yeah. until Dungey, mm-hmm. we were stuck in not just stuck but awful, like awful, awful, as in we're compared to the worst franchises. In all of sports, not football, all of sports, it was routinely brought up with trivia questions. You know, only this team has a winning percentage of less than 20% for their career, you know, for their existence. And all of it, I right. mean, the Bucks were always the answer to these wonderful yeah. things. Yes. I grew up in a different era um, where I still have a little hate in my heart for the matchup between the Bills and the Dolphins on Sunday. And you might say, why? Well, because the Bucks were always blacked out, and we got Dolphins games. <laughs> yeah, and so I always yeah. just couldn't stand watching, you know, only Dolphins games and listening to – I loved listening to Gene, especially in those days. But that was all we got. If the Bucks were hosting a game, it was – I'm listening to Deckerhoff call it. And then I, we can get the Dolphins and the Bills. We can get the Bills and the Jets. No problem there. And then it turned into something different by the time I got into, you know, uh, late elementary, early middle school. Then it turned into this monster. And since then, I mean, like, I saw a Super Bowl with my own eyes. I've seen it. It's happened. Yeah, they won it. Yes. But it has been damn near 20 years at this point. It's crazy. Tom Brady had a perfect quarterback rating in the game against Detroit. It's the third time in his career he's done it, uh, which is real, you know, kind of remarkable. 21 years in the league, but he just did it for the third time. In addition to that, he threw his 36th touchdown pass this year. Um, that moves the Bucks to 10-5, and five, of course, and makes them – uh, a playoff team for the first time since 2007 that ends a 12-year drought as we know that's also a single season franchise record for touchdown passes uh for the bucks he surpasses Jameis winston's record uh you go from there there are more records uh that can be broken uh it is also remarkable that tampa bay amassed 410 yards by halftime um those were first half records for buccaneers uh for a buccaneers franchise in team in team history 34 points and a half, 400-plus yards and a half. That is uh, also something to behold. Well, and here's the thing. All right, so he's threatening 40 touchdowns. Maybe he gets there, maybe he doesn't. And he's thrown for over 4,000 yards. Uh, His touchdown-interception ratio is really good. And yet, 
he's been what a plus Brady for seven to eight quarters this year total. Yeah, when that's he's it. yeah yeah well, but that tells you about the lethal nature of this offense and what the baseline is. Because last year he had nothing, he had nothing, and the world is pointing at him and saying you're done. There's no more. You know Brady's yeah. been holding this thing up forever, but he can't do it anymore because he's shot. What this offense does, potentially speaking, it brings your floor to such a place that if you're really good only, I don't know, 20% of the time so far, entering yeah. week 17, you still can put up those ridiculous numbers. Yeah, well, he's got 4,234 yards passing, 36 touchdowns. He's going to end up, uh, what, what, 38 to 40 touchdowns on the year. He'll end up with uh, 4,500 yards passing. Yes, you're talking about an <laughs> offense that produces nearly 10,000 yards through the air yeah. in two years. I know. It's uh, it's exciting. I mean, it's it's very exciting. I, I would also note, uh, that much to my surprise, Blaine Gabbert looked great. He did. <laughs> he looked great. Yeah. Good on you, Blaine. You look good in that game. Let's come back, wrap it up momentarily. Shopping for a used F-150, a car, or an SUV? Find Tampa's biggest and best used inventory at Bill Curry Ford, one mile north of Raymond James Stadium. Shop now at BillCurryFord.com and see the nationwide lifetime warranty on pre-owned vehicles. Now, here's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. In our celebration of record-breaking performances and talking about what this offense is now doing, again, it's against bad teams. I understand that, so I, it tempers some of the glow. But I will say it's about the process and what they're choosing to do to arrive at that number and what those percentages look like, which means they seem dedicated to playing a different way in a way that really we began the year playing and then kind of went away from. And this was something that we talked about a lot. But I, I – did overlook last segment a couple of things and that's first of all kudos to another member of this offense in Mike Evans who broke his own single season uh, receiving touchdown record uh, he's got 13 for the year um, but I, I I was I was reading an article I can't remember which one in which uh, I saw he was just one of seven receivers in NFL history to have 8,000-plus receiving yards and 60-plus touchdowns in his first seven years in the league. Do you know the company that he joined in that uh, in that grouping? Uh, Randy Moss. That is correct. You know who else is on that list? Marvin Harrison. That is correct. You know who else is on that list? How many more? Uh, one, two, three, four. Oh, my. Okay. Uh, Jerry Rice. Yes, that is correct. So, so far you've named Marvin Harrison, Randy Moss, and Jerry Rice. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald? Correct. Okay. Oh, buddy, you are on a roll showcasing it. Okay, so far you've named Randy Moss, Marvin Harrison, Jerry Rice, and Larry Fitzgerald. Two more to go. Uh, getting nervous now. Uh, Chris Carter? No. Oh, the streak is over. The streak is over. Calvin Johnson? Oh, of course. Yeah, really good player. And Sterling Sharp. So this is the creme de la creme of receiving talent all time that he just joined. I mean, think about that. That is 
unreal. Well, his consecutive years of 1,000-yard seasons to start his career is matched only by Randy Moss, and he's, what, 40 yards away from doing that? Mm -hmm. Uh, And they're going to get him the ball. That was the one thing about the second half. I figured if anybody was going to get targets, it was going to be him because they're trying to get him to his 1,000. And that's where in certain instances throughout the NFL this weekend, like, for example, you look at a Minnesota and uh, Lions game, uh, Dalvin's going against Derrick Henry for the yards from scrimmage title. Like teams at this point in the season yeah. do start looking at numbers, trying saying, to help guys out, especially yeah. if we can get you to your performance bonuses and things like that. Uh, but Mike Evans is trying to do some things that obviously uh, very few have before him. And if you can get him to the thousand yard plateau where he was only a touchdown threat in the first six weeks of the season because yeah, of his hamstring, zone. yeah, yeah. I mean, you can see it now. I'm looking at his at his breakout the last few games where he's got a hundred uh, 105 targets this season. Right, So he clearly leads the team far and away, but only 67 catches. That's not that great of an efficiency when you're considering that Tom Brady is throwing you the football, right? <laughs> right, right. But in the past couple of weeks, it's been 16 catches on 19 targets. You think that hit rate's a little bit higher? Yeah. He's feeling healthy. The offense is in rhythm. You know, I'm going back through and I'm looking at a couple of things here that, you know, as we go into the playoffs, you start trying to find teams that, you know, give teams problems and, and what that looks like and, um, I I know that the Packers beat the Saints earlier this year, Tom, and that goes back a ways. Like the Saints have struggled with with uh, Aaron Rodgers. There's no shame in that. A lot of people have, but of course we just beat the you know what out of the Packers. That's but we, correct. But we can't beat the Saints, and you kind of feel like, all right, well, don't match us up against the Saints. We'll be all right. They don't want to play the Packers. They'll be all right. You know, you're going through these. It does become about the matchups. Well, the rooting guide would be very simple. Outside of a Buccaneers win, which puts all these other things in play, you're rooting for Philadelphia if you're a Bucks fan, right? Because that takes Washington out of the position to yeah. be the first opponent. Correct. And then we would play Dallas, presi- the, provided the they win. Yeah. I, I don't think the Giants have a way in. Do they not? I don't think they do. I think it's either – well, I, double check. I'll double check the standing. Yeah, I don't think they have a way in. I, I will say this. I mentioned it on the Scuttlebucks before, and if it wasn't on the Scuttlebucks, it might have been on the Jeff Cameron Show weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. right here on 97.9 ESPN Radio. I, I, because I said I don't want to play Washington's defense. We're a drop-back pass team, okay, and they get after the quarterback better than most. They could provide a nightmarish afternoon – for Tom Brady in this offense, even as good as it is. Now, I don't, you're not, if you're this team, you're, you're not scared of anybody. I think the Giants have a way in just because they don't have an elimination marker next to them and everybody else. So around they have in the to win the game against Dallas and then and the Washington e- loses. Washington has to I don't lose know too. if something else has to happen there in the way of simple. strength of record and stuff, but yeah. yeah. Uh, either way, I, I, I know this that you want to play the team from the NFC East, no matter who it, who it is. I, I kind of, to be honest with you, I don't know. Do you want to play Dallas? I, it gets interesting. Andy Dalton has looked really good. They have weapons. They should have been better this year. I don't know. It's it's If we're wrestling with the teams you'd like to play out of that division, again, yeah. if you're playing Washington and it was Haskins, which it's now not going to be since he was cut, I like our chances. But he's out of the picture now, and so I don't know. One final piece of cleanup there. Uh, it is simply Washington loses and the Giants and uh, Cowboys game becomes a de facto title game. So that's all it is. Save for a tie, which would be that would be the most NFC East thing ever. Um, and now I, I tend to think, though, by the way, Tom, I think Washington now I think will win that game because I think they're getting Alex Smith back and mm-hmm. and their defense will do enough. It's just now I, of all those teams in the East, if that's what the Bucks match up with, I, I'd want to see Washington the least. 
You, you don't. I mean, a pass rush can own a week, any week, oh, anytime. Oh yes, and a strip sack changes the game and all of that. They just have to be average on offense. And against our defense, you can be average if you get the ball in your hands quickly. So, I, yeah, man. Um, the flare game would be much more important at that point. You know what we saw with Fournette and Brady working together. That becomes all the more important. You got to run right at him with Rojo, and then you're going to have to run right by him in the flare game, and then piss them off because you get the ball out at 1.5 seconds on average. Which I'm glad they've gone to the quick game against pressure looks because you're going to get nothing but pressure looks against Washington if that's who you face. So really, anybody that wants to pressure us, they have woken up to the idea of get the ball out of your hands. It's math. He reads it at the line of scrimmage. He understands it. He quickly gets it out to the flats. It, it, you're seeing us help mitigate the pressure. Now, here's the tough thing, though. I mean, because of the injury to Stafford, you have no idea what the hell the defense looks like trending yeah. you know, into this week. And, and what's Atlanta going to be playing for? You're going to know early. You're going to know early how invested they are. Well, the they've played did- hard for Raheem Morris. I mean, they really have. They've played re- they've played real hard. I will say Matt Ryan looks like he's fallen off a cliff. Uh, I thought he looked terrible again the other day. I, I don't know what's going on with him. Um, he has halves where he looks really good, and then other times it looks like he's not invested or he's hurt or something. I, I can't get a feel for what where he's at in his career right now. I think if I was Atlanta, I would move on. But yeah, he's way. not in Atlanta next year. I no, don't I, I don't think yeah. so. I think I, I think they both would can mutually you know part. They know what they should have done. They should have beat Tom Brady and the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. They did everything they needed to do to get there. They're up twenty eight to three and they lost the game. Such a damn shame. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it again soon. Good work out of you. Uh, good work from our friend uh, Lita Kemper as well. It'll be a playoff edition. I know the next one. I know how cool is that. We'll talk to you after. Uh, and, and the build-up to the first playoff game. That's what it'll be. It's not a draft issue, you know? This is a playoff issue of the podcast. We'll be able to talk about not who we're drafting, but who we play in the playoffs, my friends. Yes, go Bucks. Talk to you next time.